When your car is broken too, there's only one thing you wanna do. Open your mouth and let it spew. But I am telling you, stay positive. When you're baking a cake for your family, your kids are hopped up on caffeine. Your fluffy cake is now kinda lean. Remember, don't be mean, stay positive. Hello and welcome to part two of Stay Positive. I'm Pastor Brian and I am so glad that you are here for today's message. Today's message is called Fuel Your Faith. Last week, we watched Craig Rochelle start this message and the bottom line for that and kind of an overall theme for everything that we're talking about in this series is this conviction based on Romans 8.28 that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. We have a loving God that is working in every situation for our future good. Even the situation that we are in right now, even the situations that you are facing in your life, in your workplace, in your family, in your individual life, our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. And it, this actually reminds me of uh, one verse in particular that's part of our focus for this for today, this is Philippians 4, 4 that says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Always be full of joy. If you've been around Cornerstone for a while, you might remember that I've talked about joy uh, over the past couple of years because that has been a theme in my life. I am a natural melancholy. Joy does not come easily or naturally to me. But I find that if at the beginning of the day when I'm having my devotionals, if I can focus my thoughts and get in a place of joy, that just sets the course for the whole day in a totally different way. And I love one of the definitions that I ran across for joy. It's that confidence that all will be well. If you have the confidence and freedom of spirit that you just have that that conviction that all will be well, that flows out in joy and rejoicing. If you think about this conviction that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good, this is actually an expression of faith. And that joy that you have is also an expression of faith. And that faith is future focus. The, the idea that all is going to be well is really future focused. And faith is future focused, just like worry is also future focused. Worry is the idea that maybe it's not going to turn out well. Maybe all of these other things that could happen that I'm concerned about could go wrong. It is future focused. So how can you have that kind of conviction that, that all will be well, that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good? How do you, how do you gain that? And how do you build that faith? And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. It's, is it just wishful thinking? Is it just uh, hoping for the best? Is it just believing with no evidence whatsoever? Is that what faith is? And I don't think that's what faith is. I think faith is when you look at what's going, what's going on in the current and in the past, and that gives you confidence based on your experience with a person or with a situation 
that gives you confidence for the future. So how do you build that confidence for the future? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I think that that happens through this, gratitude. Because gratitude is looking at the past. It's more past-focused. In the past, God has come through. In the past, this is what has happened. In the past, this is how this person has been trustworthy. Well, that gives you confidence for the future. And so we're going to build our faith. We're going to fuel our faith for the future by looking at the past and with gratitude. And so that's our topic for today, that we're looking at gratitude because a gratitude attitude fuels your faith's fortitude. A gratitude attitude fuels your faith's fortitude. How do you strengthen your faith? Well, you look back in gratitude on the past. And if we're going to stay positive, that's how it's going to happen. So let's look at our feature scripture for today. This is one that we've referenced recently, so it's, it might be familiar to some of you. This is Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 8, verses 4 to 8. It says this, this is the New Living Translation, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that you have given us this opportunity, even in the midst of this circumstance, to gather, whether it's in homes or just one-on-one, -on -one, somebody watching today or listening over the course of the week or watching maybe a month, years from now. I believe that you want to speak to and minister to and that you have a message for everyone that is listening. And so I pray that you would accomplish your purpose in today's message in each life. And we thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the question that I'm going to ask you this morning is this. For what are you grateful? For what are you grateful? And that as we answer, that as we answer that question, that is going to fuel your faith. Because when you can look back in gratitude at the past, then that gives you hope and faith for the future. And this is a situation, a time in our lives where we probably need a little bit of hope and encouragement.
And you might think because I'm a pastor that I'm immune to that, that, you know, I've got God's word. I'm always in God's word that we just have an easy time of this. And I can tell you that that is definitely not the case. There's a kind of a running joke that I have with my wife, Sue Ellen, sometimes after a weekend. And I think this has happened at least twice this year so far where I've quit my job. I will come home on a Sunday or, you know, just at the end of the week. And Monday is my day off. That's my Sabbath. So when I finish with everything for the weekend, I've got a day or so before I uh, jump back into my work. And there have been at least a couple of times this year so far where I came home and just to Sue Ellen, I would say, okay, that's it. I quit. I'm done. But don't worry, I'll sign back up before Tuesday morning happens, but, but I quit. And maybe you have felt like quitting at some point along the way. Maybe the stresses, financial, relational, at work, at school, dealing with all of the things that everyone is dealing with right now. Let me just tell you that you are not alone. The frustration, the uncertainty, the relational stresses are everywhere. And so we really need help to stay positive and to be positive in this situation. And, and one of the ways that we can do that is to look back at how God has been faithful, to find those things that we can have gratitude for. And so I'm going to give you kind of three aspects to how to answer this question for what are you grateful? And that will come from a second passage. The first idea is to list them, to list them. What, just, just make a list of the things that you are grateful for. In that passage I just read, it told us to fix our thoughts, fix our thoughts on the good things, on the things that are lovely and admirable and praiseworthy and excellent and true. And in another passage in Psalm 103, this is exactly what they do. They list what is going on and list the things for which they can be thankful. In Psalm 103, it's uh, starts out like this. This is towards the beginning. Verse two, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he done, does for me. And that actually, it, literally, it's, uh, it's a person talking to himself saying, soul, forget not his benefits. In other words, you know, self, mind, thoughts, you know, don't, don't forget about all those good things that God has done for you. And then he lists them. It says, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He looks back on the past and says, you know, God has been, I've made mistakes along the way. God has forgiven me. Verse four, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He looks forward to the future and says, he's rescued me. He's, he's rewritten the end of my story. Verse five, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle. There he's saying, and even now, you know, he's forgiven my past. He's given me hope for the future. And right now he is strengthening, strengthening me day in and day 
out. Sometimes we just need to list the things that you focus on, as Craig said last week, are going to help determine the direction that your life takes. And so as we focus on those good things, on the things that God has done, on the way that he has been faithful to us in the past, that will help us to get a better perspective on what's going on and hope for the future because a gratitude attitude fuels your faith's fortitude. As you think on those things, as you list those things, then that is going to fuel the strength of your faith. One of the things that I do from time to time in my devotional life or just in, in journaling is I will just make a list, especially when I'm feeling down or discouraged or lacking a little bit of hope. I'll make a list. What are the things that I can be grateful for? And sometimes try to tie it to what's going on right now. Uh, my car broke down and I had to get rid of my car. So we're down to a one car family. That's okay. We can make that work for a while. But what can I be grateful for? I can look back and see that God has a, an established pattern in my life of providing cars for us when we need them. And often as a gift without even having to spend any money. So that's something that I can be thankful for. I can be thankful that I have friends that have let me borrow cars when I've needed them. I can be thankful that my daughter who lives at home has a car and has been very generous with us allowing. Uh, her to allowing us to use her car so I can be thankful for all this would I like to have my own car right now yeah that would be convenient but there are all kinds of things that I can be thankful for even in the midst of this right now and that changes my attitude because what you focus on is going to impact your thought life your faith strength and your outlook and your attitude is so important because attitudes are contagious. And if you focus on everything that is going wrong, everything that could possibly go wrong, you are going to have a sour, spoiled attitude. And that's going to spread wherever you go. So a gratitude attitude fuels your faith's fortitude. The second thing that the psalmist does in Psalm 103 is he those things for which he is grateful. It starts out in verse 7 where it says he, talking about God, revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And then what you see in those next couple of verses are allusions to the whole story of the Exodus and God faithfully and miraculously delivering his people from slavery. And in the midst of that story, I think it's in Exodus chapter 34, where God reveals himself to Moses. This is what Moses hears, a version of this. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. And then in the rest of that psalm, it talks about this. This is how God has acted towards us. And it's rehearsing and reminding people of his faithfulness through that whole Exodus process. And so in addition to listing the things that we're thankful for, we need to tell stories, stories of God's goodness and faithfulness. We need to tell it to ourselves, remind ourselves. We need to share those stories with others as well. And so I can look back 
back. I mentioned the cars and how over the course of my life, God has provided cars when I need them. I have, we have stories to tell about how God provided the house that we live in now, almost miraculously. We have stories of how Sue Ellen and I got together and how we went very quickly in, in about 24 hours from deciding to date to deciding to get married. These stories of God's faithfulness and goodness throughout our life, when we rehearse them, when we tell those stories again and again, it bolsters our faith, reminds us of the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. So get some stories and tell some stories and rehearse them and remind yourself through those stories of God's goodness. There's um, something very similar in the, that passage that we just looked at. This is from Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, the first half. It says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. And you might wonder, you know, how does this connect? Well, in Psalm 103, it's talking about God's goodness and that he's compassionate and uh, and all of his kindnesses. And then really, if you wanna know how to be a good parent, if you wanna know how to follow Jesus, it's really taking the character of God, letting him change you into that and then reflecting that to the world. And this is the kind of thing that's going on right here in Philippians chapter four. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Now, depending on what translation you look at, that word considerate, one commentator described it as one of the most difficult words in the whole New Testament to translate because it has so many aspects to its meaning. Sometimes it might be merciful, magnanimous, understanding, all of these kinds of ideas. Here's how I would describe it. It's justice plus. It's doing the right thing. It's doing what is right and just, but also taking into account the person's situation. I think magnanimous is uh, one of the best translations to my mind. It's, I'm gonna do the right thing, but I'm gonna be gracious, kind, and compassionate in the midst of it. It's justice, but it's plussed. It's justice plus, and I think that plus is grace. It's, I'm going to do the right thing, but I'm going to be considerate and kind in the midst of it. Here's how the message translation handles that verse. Make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Clear, make it, make it clear, make it crystal clear that everybody that you meet, you are for them, that you're working with them and not against them, that you're on their side. And that's just a reflection of what God has done in sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He was making it clear, unmistakable, once and for all, without any question, that he is for us, that he would do whatever it took to redeem us, rescue us, restore us, so that we could be a part of his family and citizens in his kingdom. And when we look back in gratitude on all that he has done for us, and then it's easier for us to reflect that, to model that character because he has done that for us. And as we look back on grati with gratitude on what he has done, then we can reflect that to 
others. And we have hope for the future because if God is for us, who can be against us? It really is true that a gratitude attitude fuels your faith's fortitude. And then lastly, to make the connection, to connect them. What do I mean by that? Connect those things that for which you are grateful that happened in the past to the future and what your concerns are for the future. Here's what it says in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything, some translations say. Don't let that anxiety well up within you. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and that's the key phrase, we'll come back to that, present your requests to God. So look at what's happening here. You're praying, you're tempted to be anxious, you're thinking about those things that cause anxiety within you. And he says, rather than focusing on those, rather than just letting your mind dwell on that, take those things that you're concerned about and bring them to the Lord. Don't be anxious, but in all of these situations, every situation, you pray and petition the Lord, make your request. But then look at this phrase that he throws in, with thanksgiving, with is a connector, thanksgiving. So take these things, and the way I've understood that is, okay, you're concerned about these things, but don't forget to look back and express gratitude, your thanks for the way God has handled things in the past. And if you can connect the past with your concerns in the present, then you will have hope and faith for the future. So even when you feel that anxiety rising up, turn it over to the Lord, express your concerns, but don't forget to look back and say, oh, thanks Lord for doing this. Thanks Lord for taking care of this situation in the past. This isn't the first time that I've worried about my business, but I'm still in business. Uh, this isn't the first time that we've had struggles in this relationship, but over and over again, I've seen how you've been faithful and helped us to restore relationships and make things better. Uh, it's not the first time that I've been without a car, but I've never failed to get where I need to go. And you've provided over and over again. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in the past. And if you make that connection, between your current concerns and your past experience, then you will have hope and faith and a strong faith as you look forward to the future. Again, a gratitude attitude fuels your faith's fortitude. It fuels your faith's fortitude. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for me, that we don't have to be worried and anxious and concerned. And uh, we can entrust these things. We can turn these things over to the Lord and experience that peace as it describes in that passage, that peace that surpasses all understanding, a supernatural peace that's not based on what you're experiencing on your circumstances, but on God's faithfulness, his goodness, and what he says. Now, 
you may be wondering, well, you know, yeah, you're a pastor. You've been walking with the Lord for a while. You have all these stories to tell, but, but I don't have that experience and not everything has turned out. There's, there are things that I look back on and I can't express gratitude for the way those things turned out. So what do I look to? And all of us, let me tell you, every pastor, every follower of Jesus, every person that you admire, everybody that you look at that seems to have a positive attitude, they've had circumstances like that in their lives. But let me tell you what I do. Whatever my circumstances may be, there is one experience, one historical fact that I can look back on and I don't have to ever wonder if God is for me, if God loves me, if he's in control and has my best interests at heart. And that of course is the cross of Jesus Christ. And so even if you have a hard time looking back and digging up things that you can feel gratitude and express gratitude for, every one of us can look back at what Jesus did and express gratitude and find hope. It's the one fact of life, of history, of experience that undeniably convinces me that God is for us. Let's walk through what he did for us. In Romans 3, 23 to 25, just three short verses, it says, for everyone has sinned. That's kind of the, the bottom line experience that every one of us has done wrong. Every one of us has rebelled against God and his standards. We don't even live up to our own standards all the time. Of course, we have fallen short of God's standards. But then in the next verse, it says, yet God in his grace freely made us right. He restored the relationship. He forgave us of our sins. He adopted us into his family. He made a way for us to be reconciled to him. That is that justice plus grace. This is a perfect example of it. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life. Now, I've highlighted that word believe because that requires a little bit of teasing out as to what that means. In the language that the New Testament was written in, there is one word that is translated belief, trust, and faith. And so whenever you see those words in our English Bible, they're all pointing towards one concept. We tend to separate those out. And you could say, oh yeah, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. Well, that's the, believing the historical fact is just not enough. This has the idea of trust or faith, that what Jesus did on the cross, I'm going to trust counts for me personally as an individual. That's what it means there. So people are made right with God. They're restored to God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life. When they say, Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the whole world, but I trust, I entrust myself to him. I trust that that's going to count for me. He goes on to explain how this is justice plus grace. This sacrifice, sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. 
You see, so much in our world is unfair and people do wrong and seem to get away with it. People uh, rebel against God and his standards and it seems like they don't suffer any consequence. And how could God be fair and just if people could do wrong and then all they have to do is say, oh, then I prayed and asked God to forgive me. Is, is that the way it works? No, he's saying there's a fairness in the way that he did it because God didn't punish everybody in that moment for what they did wrong, but it's fair because he held back, but then he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. Now, this was written 2,000 years ago. He's talking about the cross of Jesus, that what God did is he didn't punish every sin in the moment but he did make sure that every sin was punished in this present experience of Jesus dying on the cross. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just. A good judge, a righteous judge, doesn't let the guilty go unpunished. God is a righteous and just and good judge and therefore he doesn't let sin go unpunished. But what he did in justice plus grace, justice plus mercy, is that he poured out his wrath and justice for all sin on Jesus, who willingly took it on and went to the cross on our behalf. And this is how he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. You see, this is not a cheap grace because it was bought at great price with the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son. And he took all of the sin, all of the righteous wrath, all of the indignation that we all feel at injustice and sin and that is multiplied unfathomably by God who is perfectly righteous and just. And he poured all of that out on Jesus so that no sin goes unpunished, but sinners can find grace and peace and forgiveness when they trust, have faith in, and trust themselves to Jesus. So even if you have a hard time from time to time digging up something for which you can feel grateful and express your thanks, you can always express your gratitude to a God who loves you so much that he was willing to send his son to take on the penalty for all the wrongs of the whole world, including yours, and then offer as a result forgiveness, grace, restoration. And you can express an attitude of gratitude that will fuel your faith's fortitude. That's what what um, was talked about last week in Romans 8, because of what God did in, in Jesus, that if God is for us, who could be against us? If he, if he has been un, was unwilling to, to hold back his own son, how will he not freely give with him everything? You see, God is for us. He settled that once and for all on the cross, and we can always give thanks for that. A gratitude attitude fuels your faith's fortitude. 
So let me give you this invitation. If there's never been a time, you can't look back and he's like, you know, I've always, maybe I've heard this story before, but you can't look back on a time where you said, I know at this point I crossed that line of faith. I entrusted myself to Jesus. I asked him to forgive my sins and to include me in the forgiveness that he purchased on the cross, to adopt me into his family, to welcome me into the kingdom of God. You can do that right now. And it's just a matter of saying yes to that invitation. Yes, I want Jesus to forgive my sins. I want what he did on the cross to count for me. I want his life to come and reside, take residence, eternal life, take residence within me and allow him to change my life from the inside out and write a new, a new ending to my story. And when God is in your life, when you have surrendered your life to him, then you can have hope and faith for the future because you look back on the in the past at what God has done for you in Christ and that gives you hope and trust and faith for the future. So say yes. If that's you right now, then if you're watching on the church online platform, I would encourage you to, to uh, hit that button that says raise your hand. If you're following on another platform, say yes, put yes in the comments. You can text yes to our church number 603-225-2550. And that will allow us to not only celebrate what you're doing in following Jesus, but also to resource you for your new life in Christ. And we would love to be able to do that. Now, for all of us, here's what you can do with what you've heard today. We need to fix our thoughts. We need to focus on the right things if we're going to have and maintain an attitude of gratitude that fuels our faith. And so my challenge for you this week is to go on the Bible app or go to Bible.com and find the I'm Grateful reading plan. It's a part of the Stay Positive reading plans, and we'll pull up a little lower third there that gives you a shortcut, bit.ly, too positive. That'll take you to the whole set of reading plans. And it's a devotional and a Bible reading plan four days of this week. Look for the one that says, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And that'll help you to focus your thoughts on the right things so that you can have and maintain a positive attitude. And let's look at that last section, because this is, this is the Apostle Paul writing to his, uh, a church at Philippi and saying, there's, there's one, one final thing. You know, I've given you a lot of instruction, but this is, this is the thing I want to leave you with. One final thing. Fix your thoughts. Now, what that means, of course, is to focus, to direct your thoughts in a certain way. But I kind of like the, the, the subtext to that. It's like your thoughts are broken and, and you need to fix them. You need to change the things that you're focused on. You need to fix your thoughts. What do you fix your thoughts on? On what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then to wrap it all up, he says this, then the God of peace 
will be with you. Not just peace, not just God's peace, but God who gives, who is the source of peace, who is that source of our conviction that all will be well. He will be with you. And as a result, you will be able to stay and be positive. Let me pray for you, with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for every person who is taking that step of faith to follow you for the first time. Encourage them. Uh, resource them. Protect them. And for all of us, help us to fix our thoughts, to fix our thoughts, to focus on those things that you would have us to focus on. And you've made it very clear what those things are. And help us to look back with gratitude so that we can look forward with faith and hope in the future. And help us, and this is what we'll talk about in coming weeks, help us to be a positive influence. Help us to set our hearts right so that when our attitudes are contagious, when we go and interact with the rest of the world, that we are a positive influence, that we are making a positive difference. Give every person that's listening encouragement. Help all of us to place our uh, faith in you and give us an attitude of gratitude, a strong faith, and we just make ourselves available to you. We want to be used by you to make a positive impact on our world this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.